Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. How are you all doing? Alhamdulillah. So guess what? Last lesson of what? Of this book, not the course. Not Surah Al-Baqarah, right? You know how much of Surah Al-Baqarah this book covers? How much? Half of Surah Baqarah? Mm. Half a juz. Half a juz. And how many juz is Surah Al-Baqarah? Do you know? Two and a half. Two and a half juz. So what does it mean? Today, inshallah, we'll be completing how much? Where's your math? One-fifth. Alright, one-fifth. Alhamdulillah. Ready for the last lesson of the book? Okay, open up your books to page number 94. نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي Surah Al-Baqarah, lesson number 12, verses 63 to 73. Translation. وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا مِيثَاقَكُمْ وَرَفَعْنَا فَوْقَكُمْ الطُّورَ خُذُوا مَا آتَيْنَاكُمْ بِقُوَّةٍ وَاذْكُرُوا مَا فِيهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ ثُمَّ تَوَلَّيْتُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ ذَلِكَ فَلَوْلَا فَضْلُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ وَرَحْمَتُهُ لَكُنْتُمْ مِنْ الْخَاسِرِينَ I can barely hear you guys. A little louder, okay? وَلَقَدْ عَلِمْتُمْ الَّذِينَ اِعْتَدَوْ مِنْكُمْ فِي السَّبْتِ فَقُلْنَا لَهُمْ كُونُوا قِرَدَةً خَاسِئِينَ فَجَعَلْنَاهَا نَكَالًا لِمَا بَيْنَ يَدَيْهَا وَمَا خَلْفَهَا وَمَوْعِظَةً لِلْمُتَّقِينَ وَإِذْ قال موسى لقومه إن الله يأمركم أن تذبحوا بقرة قالوا أتتخذنا هزوا قال أعوذ بالله أن أكون من الجاهلين قالوا ادعوا لنا ربك يبين لنا ما هي قال 
انہو یقولو انہا بقرت لا فارض ولا بکر عوان بین ذالک ففعلو ما تؤمرون قالو ادعو لنا ربك يبين لنا ما لونها قال انه يقول انها بقره صفراء فاقع لونها تسر الناظرين قالوا ادعو لنا ربك يبين لنا ما هي ان البقره تشابه علينا وان ان شاء الله لمهتدون قال انه يقول انها بقره لا ذلول تثير الارض ولا تسقي الحرث مسلمه لا شيه فيها قالوا الان جئت بالحق فذبحوها وما كادوا يفعلون وإذ قتلتم نفسا فادارأتم فيها والله مخرج ما كنتم تكتمون فقلنا اضربوه ببعضها كذلك يحيي الله الموتى ويريكم آياته لعلكم تعقلون أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم Inshallah, we'll do word analysis and tafsir together. Okay? Just as we did in the previous lesson. Verse number 63. وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا مِثَاقَكُمْ And recall when we took your covenant, O Bani Israel. And in order to take your covenant, what did we have to do? وَرَفَعْنَا فَوْقَكُمُ الطُّورِ We lifted the mountain above you. Otherwise, you were not ready to take that covenant. The mountain had to be lifted over your heads. And then we said, خُذُوا مَا آتَيْنَاكُمْ Take what we have given you with strength. The commands that Allah is giving you, the book that He has given you, hold on to it with power, with strength, with determination. وَذْكُرُوا مَا فِيهِ And remember what is in it. Don't forget it. Don't ignore it. Remember it. Why? لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ So that you can be saved or you can become righteous. 
Now in this verse, we see again the Bani Israel are being reminded of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's favor upon them. And what is this favor? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took a covenant from them. And they were not ready to accept it. So what happened? They were kind of forced to accept it. And then they were advised as to what they should do once they've made the covenant. Now there is a question. Why would they be forced to take a covenant, a promise? Why would they be forced to make a pact with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? If you think about it, if somebody doesn't want to make a promise with you, that's okay. It's up to them, it's their will, it's their wish. You shouldn't force them. So why were the Bani Israel forced over here? Remember, Musa alayhi salam, when he made them cross the sea, saved them from Fir'aun, and now they're in the Sinai Peninsula. Remember Musa alayhi salam went somewhere to get something? Where did he go? Where did he go? For his appointment with Allah? And what did he bring back? The Torah, the book. But what did the Bani Israel do while he was away? Exactly. They made the calf, the golden calf, and they began worshipping it. Musa salam came back, whatever, he dealt with them, everything was done. Now what happened? Musa salam presented the Torah to them. What did they say? They said, we're never going to believe until we see Allah. Before that they demanded, so Musa salam took 70 of them to the mountain. Then they demanded, we want to see Allah, otherwise we're not going to believe you. So what happened then? What happened? They were struck with a sa'iqa. Right? Then Musa salam prayed, he made dua for them, they were revived, they were brought back to life. Now what happened? Imagine, again they're being commanded, take the book. And they said, no. Like think about it. So many times they're being told, take this book. First they say, oh we don't want it. Musa salam takes them to the mountain. Then they say, first we want to see Allah. First I want to be fully convinced. Alright? Then what happened? The mountain is lifted over them and they're told, take it or you're done. You take the book, you take this covenant or you're done. Why? Why were the Bani Israel rescued? Who rescued them? Who saved them? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why were they brought over here? What were they chosen for? Just so that they chill in their lives and do whatever they please? Is that why they were made? Is that why they were chosen? No. They were chosen with a certain responsibility. And they were not willing to accept it. So the mountain was lifted over them that you take it or let's just end this, finish it. Does that seem fair to you? Because if you think about it, you're given chances over and over and over again. And if a person's not changing, not accepting, then of course it's their fault. Now let's look at some of the words in this ayah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا إِذْ أَخَذْنَا Recall when we took. أَخَذَ To take. Hamza خَاذَال is the root. ميثاقكم Your covenant. Your binding agreement. ميثاق is from the root letters وَوْثَاقَف And ميثاق is used for a covenant that is made firm. A promise that is made firm. You know one is that you say, Okay, I'll come. Okay, I'll do this. Okay, I'll give this. But you make that promise even more firm, how? By taking an oath. Wallah. Isn't it? When do you say wallah? By Allah. I swear I'll do this. When? When you want to convince the other person that you are very serious. So this is Misaq, a very serious promise 
that you've committed to, that you've made firm. How? By swearing an oath, by taking an oath. So we took your covenant, O Bani Israel. وَرَفَعْنَا رَفَعَ is to lift up. رَفَعَيْن We raised فَوْقَكُمْ فَوْق is above. Remember the mosquito? فَمَا فَوْقَهَا فَوْق is above. So we lifted over you الطور الطور from the root letters طَ وَوْ رَ And the word طور is used for a mountain but basically it's a mountain with trees on it. It's not a rocky, dry, boring mountain. No, it's a beautiful mountain with greenery covered on it. So we lifted the tur over you and we said khudu. Khudu from akhadha. Same root as the word akhadna. Khudu, take ma ataynakum, what we are giving you, biquwah. The commands that Allah is giving you, the book that He is giving you, Hold on to it with quwwah. What is quwwah? Strength, power, force. It's from the root letters qaf, waw, ya. Qawi. Who is qawi? One who is powerful. So quwwah, power and might. So hold on to what we're giving you with all your might, all your strength to the best of your ability. Hold on to it. Hold on to the book the promise that you've made. Hold on to the Torah, the promise that you've made with Allah with strength. Now what does it mean by this? Hold on to the book with power. Does it mean that the Torah, the tablets that were given, the alwah, Bani Israel were to just hold on to them like physically and never leave them? Hmm? Holding on to something with strength can be in two ways. One is in the physical sense. In a tangible way, physical way. Like the way you hold your phone. How do you hold it? How do you hold it? Just casually? So that you're dropping it here and there and somebody's coming and taking it from your hand. Well, some people do that. But generally, what do people do? They hold on to their phones with a lot of strength. So that even if you try to snatch it away from their hands while they're taking a picture of yours, you can't get it out of their hands. No matter how hard you pull, they have a firmer grip. They have a more tighter grip on it. So this is one way. Physically hold on to something with strength. But the other way is that you hold on to something in the sense that you make it a part of your life such that that object or that matter is very, very important to you. So you have a constant connection with it. You understand? You have a constant connection with it. You don't let it go, meaning it's always with you, it's always part of you, it's always there in your life. This is holding on to the book with strength. Firstly, it means there has to be determination, willpower, intention, resolve on your part. That you really intend to make it a part of your life. That is quwwah. Secondly, it means that there is consistency. So firstly, resolve. And then secondly, consistency. Now what happens is many times, especially when it comes to our relationship with the book of Allah, there are times when we have the Qur'an in our lives, like for example in the month of Ramadan. What happens? We're reciting it, we're listening to it, we're reviewing it, we're studying it, we're listening to lectures about the Qur'an. 
But then what happens the rest of the year? What happens? It's as if we don't know that book. We don't even know where something is in the book of Allah. That is not quwa. خُذُوا مَا آتَيْنَاكُمْ بِقُوَّةٍ Hold on to it with firm resolve. Don't leave it on every little thing. Don't put it aside and ignore it on every other temptation. And this means that there has to be consistency also. You know when something is important to you, when something is important to you, what do you do? You give importance to it, you make it a priority. And when you make it a priority, you figure out a way of doing it. But when it's not a priority, then what happens? Other things come and take its place. And it gets forgotten or it comes like third or fourth in your to-do list. And then what happens eventually? You let go of it even. I was talking to somebody recently who has been missing some classes. And I asked them, what happened? Where were you? And I was told, oh, I had to go here. And oh, my mom dragged me there. And my mom dragged me there. And they said, I didn't really have a choice. And I said, you always have a choice. You always have a choice. Because when something matters to you, when you value something, you will figure out a way of doing it. Isn't it so? So for example, if you really have to watch a certain show, for instance, and what happens? You're out of the house and you missed it. You didn't get a chance to turn the TV on, you missed it. What are you going to do? Oh, I missed it. Well, what does it matter? No big deal. Is that what you're going to say? Is that what you're going to say? What are you going to do? How are you going to watch it? Some other way. How? Can you tell me those ways? Like how do you figure it out? Stream it, you know, off the computer, search for it. I know you guys have like a lot of ways that maybe, you know, not so good even, of figuring out how to download these shows for free and watch them not just once but many times over and over. How do you do that? How? Because you want it, you figure it out. Right? You want it, so you figure it out. The question is, how badly do we want the Qur'an to be a part of our lives? We say on the surface, Oh, I love the Qur'an. We say on the surface, Oh, you know, I'm so touched by the Qur'an. I really like it. But then, how much time are we really spending with it? How much importance do we give it? Or is it that for every other thing we're missing our class? That we have, you know, that party to go to. Let summer come. You know, it's still a little bit chilly outside. A little. Let summer come. And then when there's barbecues and there's picnics and there's this and then there's that, what happens? We're tempted. We will leave the Qur'an for something else. Is that holding on to the Qur'an with quwa? You tell me. Is that holding on to the Qur'an with quwa? What's the answer? Is it quwa or is it weakness? It's weakness. So check yourself. What is my connection with the Qur'an? Is it of strength or is it of weakness? And what am I waiting for? What am I waiting for? To finally make my connection with the Qur'an a strong one. Am I waiting for a mountain to be lifted over my head also? This is what happened with the Bani Israel. They said, oh we want to be convinced. Oh we want to be convinced. First show us this, first show us that. 
And when a person gets lost in that, I want a proof, I want this, I want that, there is no stopping. خُذُوا مَا آتَيْنَاكُمْ Write this question down for yourself. What is my connection with the Qur'an? Is it of strength or is it of weakness? You see, the thing is that no matter what you have in your life, you know, the things that we're running after, because of which we leave the Qur'an, no matter what it is, it is temporary. It is a temporary situation. Today it might seem very important, so you're emotionally devastated, or you are mentally very stressed out. But, you know, wait for a day or two, and what will happen? Everything will be calm, back to normal. But these are the situations in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests us, that at a time when you're mentally stressed, at a time when you're emotionally devastated, do you still hold on to the Qur'an or do you leave it? Do you become weak over there or do you stay true to your commitment? This test will come. This trial will come. Everything you have in your life is temporary, it's gonna go. But the book of Allah, if you have a solid connection with it, it's never ever going to abandon you. Never. We learn in a hadith that when a person dies and he's put in his grave, then what happens is that the punishment approaches him from his right side and from his left side and from the side of his head and from the side of his feet. But for a person who performed righteous deeds in his life, in his grave, what happens is that as the punishment approaches, then his good deeds come and prevent the punishment from reaching him. They protect him. They become like a shield for him. His charity, his salah, his remembrance of Allah, and of the deeds that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned over here, is also the person's recitation of the Qur'an. The recitation of the Qur'an, your connection with the Qur'an, is something that will protect you and shield you, in your grave even. When your money cannot, when your phone cannot, when a phone call cannot, when a TV screen cannot, nothing can. Your deeds will, your connection with the Qur'an will. On the day of judgment, the Qur'an will come and intercede for a person. It will argue. Argue and request for a person that, Ya Allah, this person must be forgiven. Ya Allah, this person must be sent to paradise. Now we need to see, what kind of a connection do I have with the Qur'an right now? What is my relationship with the book of Allah? Is it such that the Qur'an will come and defend me? Is it such that the Qur'an will come and fight for me? Is it such that the Qur'an will plead for me? We need to see. We need to look at this. We need to check ourselves. خُذُوا مَا آتَيْنَاكُمْ Hold on to the Qur'an, to what we have given you with strength, with all your might. And this is why, you know, things come and go. Let things come and go, but your connection with the Qur'an, it should never be compromised. Never. Be determined, be committed, be consistent, and only then you'll get something. Only then you'll get somewhere. خُذُوا مَا آتَيْنَاكُمْ And then, وَذْكُرُوا مَا فِيهِ ذِكْرِ ذَلْكَ ذِكْرِ What does ذِكْرِ mean? To remember. Remember, as in don't forget it. Because when you keep reviewing, then what happens? You don't forget it. Otherwise, you know, if you study for a certain course, for a certain subject, 
for like six months of the year, and then you take your exams, and you never take the next course, you never review what you studied, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You're going to forget it. I have to take a statistics course very soon for my degree, and I haven't studied statistics in like 12 years. And I am kind of nervous that how am I going to deal with it? I don't even remember the basic things. This is something very normal. If you don't review and use and apply what you have learned, what's going to happen? You will forget it. So, وَذْكُرُوا مَا فِيهِ Firstly, remember it as in review it. Stay connected with it. Keep it a part of your life so you don't forget it. And secondly, ذِكْرُ also means to remember what is forgotten. Meaning what you have forgotten, now remind yourself of it. Meaning go back to the Qur'an. Because it's not humanly possible for you to remember everything about it all the time. You will study one thing, you will move to the next lesson, you will forget the previous, or at least bits of it. So what do you have to do? Remember, review what you have forgotten. Why remember it? Why? What's the benefit? وَذْكُرُوا مَا فِيهِ Why? What does the ayah say? لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ So that you can be saved. So that you can become righteous. What this means is that if we don't remember the book of Allah, we are putting ourselves in danger. If we don't remember the book of Allah, what are we doing? We're putting ourselves in danger. What is that danger? We will fall into sin. And when you stay connected with the book of Allah, the book of Allah stops you. The Quran stops you. No, don't do this. Don't say that. Don't act like this. Don't behave like this. Don't go there. Get up and pray on time. So, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ If you really want to save yourself, protect yourself from falling into sin, you better have a connection with the Qur'an, a consistent relationship with the Qur'an. Otherwise, shaitan is after you. You also have your nafs, your desire inside of you. So, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ And لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ also means so that you become pious, you become righteous. So this means if you want to improve spiritually, mentally, emotionally, in your relationships, you want to get better, you want to move forward in your life, then you must stay connected with the Qur'an. How? This is simple. The Qur'an is food for what? For the soul, for your heart. And where do you have your feelings? In your heart. And isn't it that sometimes you know you're supposed to do something, your head tells you, do it. Come on, get up and do your homework. But what is your heart saying? I don't feel like it. I don't want to. This is boring. Do you feel that all the time? Many times you do. So what do you need then? What do you need then? Your heart to tell you the right thing. So how do you correct your heart? How do you fix it? How do you strengthen it? By giving it what it needs. And what is that? The Qur'an. So, وَذْكُرُوا مَا فِيهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ Stay connected with the book of Allah so that you can spiritually grow. You can improve. Because if we're not improving, we're falling back. We're going to start rusting, decaying. 
And the things that we enjoyed once upon a time, we're going to find them boring. So, وَذْكُرُوا مَا فِيهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ